Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives in the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a good week and a nice December. So this week was fantastic because The Real Housewives of Miami season five premiered on Peacock. And I absolutely love this franchise. I think it is the most aspirational living franchise that we have, more so than Beverly Hills. I love to see their fancy condos and high rises and big, beautiful mansions and Julia's incredible farm where she grows pineapples and talks to them. (laughs) And if you don't already have Peacock, I think they're having some sort of promotion where you can get it for like 99 cents a month. And let me tell you, it is the best money you will spend. It is, it is fantastic. So, um, My guest, Matt Ellis, and I get into talking about the first episode of this season, which is about new beginnings, because Larsa Pippen has a new condo in a high rise, and she invites everyone to a party at her new place, and it's a new beginnings party. And Matt actually ended up sharing um, on the podcast some of the new beginnings he's going through. So that's why this episode is entitled New Beginnings. But I won't share any more about Miami because we do talk about it in the interview with Matt. But I will touch on Family Karma and Winter House. So with Family Karma, I feel so bad for Monica Everyone is gossiping that her boyfriend, Rishi, is cheating on her, and no one has had the thoughtfulness or the guts to tell her to her face. And what I think is the most like painful part of all of this is well, twofold. One, that Brian, who's supposed to be her good friend, went to her boyfriend to give him a heads up before he went to her and two that her boyfriend lied to her was not only not telling her that this was a rumor that was circulating but then said oh I only heard about it today when he in fact heard it a week earlier so everyone's behaving very poorly I I don't know usually we see these kinds of things on Southern Charm where it's an old boys club and all the guys watch out for each other maybe except for Craig like Craig will call out cheating he seems to have a problem with cheating but on this show I didn't expect the guys to watch out for each other in that way and so to see Brian go to Rishi and be like hey heads up everyone's talking about you cheating on Monica and giving him time to delete any evidence off of his phone is a really shitty thing particularly because because he's good friends with Monica. Okay. Anyways, so um, heading over to Winter House. <laughs> I don't know. I love watching Lindsay and Carl so happy, but they definitely don't seem to mesh with the rest of the house and probably because they're sober and everyone in that house is drunk all of the time. I felt bad that everyone again just like the Monica situation is gossiping behind Lindsay's back and behind Carl's back about Lindsay potentially having grabbed Austin's what dick in (laughs) 
at Kyle and Amanda's wedding. I mean, if Lindsay and Carl don't care, then why should anyone else care? And if they have established the timeline of their relationship, which was in fact after Kyle and Amanda's wedding, then why does everyone else like chime in if they're happy they're happy and i actually think it says more about everyone else's relationships being delicate and fragile and that you know rumors or other things would tear them apart but for carl and lindsay even if it's true i don't think either of them care they're really happy with one another um, but I don't know if that's good TV. So it'll it'll be interesting to see them on Summer House, uh, this coming Summer House, I guess season, is it seven? Can't keep track, but it'll be interesting to see their dynamic there with the rest of the house and whether or not they're still entertaining on television. Um, we also see, you know, Austin versus Sierra. He gets upset with her because... She slept with someone before the show. I mean, it has it's so dumb. And Paige actually goes and gives us the background of why there is so much of an issue between the two of them. So it turns out that while Southern Charm was filming and there was that dog wedding, <laughs> ridiculous dog wedding, where Olivia brought a date, Austin got jealous and upset. And then that night he slept with Sierra. The next day, he proceeded to realize that he wanted to be with Olivia, and he told her, and he did not speak to Sierra again until Winter House started filming. And so when he went to Sierra and was like, can I bring Olivia into this house? Sierra was rightly upset, like, this is the person that you ditched me for. I didn't realize there was like an actual connection between Olivia and Sierra and Austin, at, like sort of a love triangle situation. So that makes so much more sense of why she wouldn't want him bringing Olivia into into the house and on the show. And another person who has all of the right reasons to be upset is Rachel. I've actually thought Rachel was the most down-to-earth, fun, upbeat, interesting person in the house. And I would love to know more of her backstory and how she got into being a florist and how she started her business and how she kept it up during COVID, all of that. Um, But Jess, who is the most insecure unkind woman we've seen in a while on any of these shows tells Rachel in this sort of underhanded compliment um, that, or is it backhanded compliment? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Basically says, oh, guys always come to me first because, you know, of my body basically. But then like they may end up with someone like you. And that is basically telling Rachel that her body isn't as good or she's not as attractive as Jess. And it's a really crappy thing to say to a friend, and it's definitely not true. So I I don't know. I really like that Rachel is kind of coming into her own and making friends on the show and not only being friendly with Jess, because I think she's starting to see Jess for who Jess really is, which is someone who is so deeply insecure that she like can't be kind to anyone around her and is so desperate for male and and female attention in this weird way that uh, we haven't seen again we haven't seen someone this insecure and this out there in in quite some time it's 
sort of entertaining. Like she's someone I kind of love to hate on these shows, not hate to hate. Like I feel bad for her too. I don't know. What do you guys think about Jess? Well, the last thing I'll say about Winter House is that I got a chance to listen to Lindsay on Morgan Page's podcast this week, where she talks about how she felt um, in regards to the conversation her and Jason had on last week's episode, where they talk about their miscarriage. And I felt quite icky about that conversation. I didn't like how Jason approached it. And it's interesting because she's like, I thought he was a really nice guy. And everyone's talking about how he's such a nice guy. But what he did in the situation was like the farthest from nice. He basically didn't blame her for, oh, you didn't give me a heads up that this would be on the show because they had actually filmed a scene for it Um, or any of these other things. It was you gave quotes to media outlets during the press for Summer House, and I wasn't asked to give quotes to. And like, I should have been able to give a quote because I was part of this miscarriage. And I understand that where he's coming from, where it was like the pregnancy that they had together, but he's not on Summer House. It, she's on it. And she can talk about her own life and her own body and what she experienced. And I think it was very brave of her to come out and talk about this, having one, an unplanned pregnancy, not really sure what she was sure what she was going to do about that unplanned pregnancy. And then, oh my God, now she's having a miscarriage. And just the amount of guilt she felt and um, just so many mixed emotions. And I feel like he was trying to make like something that happened to her body and, and, to her about him and part of me wonders if the producers got in his head or some of the other cast members and were like you need to confront her on camera about this but it's such a serious and emotional topic it's almost like if someone were going to confront Carl about his brother's like overdose on camera for how he handled that right like a very painful moment in someone's life and you're trying to make it about you. And I know he was part of it because they got pregnant together, but the whole thing just felt off. And I encourage you all to listen to Lindsay's interview. And you guys know how I feel about Lindsay. I don't necessarily think she is the best friend to others, but I, in this situation, I mean, I really feel for her. And I'm sure she was very much taken by surprise um, at how Jason was. All right. So today's chat is with Matt Ellis. We had a great time talking. And again, I'm so grateful that he opened up about some things that are going on in his life at the moment. Um, As always, if you enjoy this podcast, go ahead, give it a five-star rating and leave a kind review. If you have any constructive criticism or you just want to share your thoughts, you can reach out to me at Mandy Slutsker on Instagram. We'll take a quick break and then back with Matt. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. 
I'm here with Matt Ellis. He is from the DMV area. He's a huge Housewives and Bravo fan. And we've been chatting for a while on Instagram. And it's like, finally time. You got to come on the podcast. You got to share all your hot takes. How are you doing today, Matt? I'm doing pretty well. It's a little chilly today, but you know, it is winter. Um, (laughs) (laughs) How about yourself? I'm good. I just feel like these few weeks in December before the holidays are so busy that I haven't been this busy in so long. And this must have been what my life was like before the pandemic, but I'm just not, (laughs) I'm just not used to like multiple events a day, like different, Uh, like being out Friday and Saturday night, like, like, oh God. uh, Like, like, wait, I actually have to go to these things and leave my house. (laughs) I like it, but it's requiring an amount of energy that I need to like muster up. And so it is the holiday season, and we chatted about you recently becoming sober. Um, yeah. I think that is such an accomplishment, honestly, and especially around this time of year where I think it's maybe more difficult because mm-hmm. it is the holiday season. Um, are you open to talking more about that and kind yeah, of your thoughts of and you know yeah. any advice you might give to others who are... I guess, considering a life of sobriety, sober curious. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely what I was before, you know, I decided to do this. Um, I mean, I can go more into it. I mean, my, my drugs of choice were mainly alcohol. Sometimes it was cocaine. Um, but I really got into this lifestyle, um, especially on the weekends where I would be drinking and I'd be using like cocaine, like sniffing it, you know, um, And so I just wasn't being healthy. I wasn't being like physically healthy. I wasn't being financially healthy. Um, And I just wasn't making the best of choices. Um, And I've been doing this uh, off and on the last couple of years. Um, And it really took a height, I guess, in college. But we'd think, you know, that's pretty normal um, to do in college as, you know, partying and whatnot. Um, And it really kind of almost ruined my education because I almost got kicked out for it. Uh, for drinking um and um you know you think you would learn from that but no i really didn't learn from that and i just thought it was just because you know i'm just like they were trying to crush my party time all with like you know how dare they um it wasn't like because i went to the same school my mom did back in um i don't know how long that was but i mean so i kind of figured it'd be the same type of environment where like we could still work hard and like play hard um, I don't know why I had that mentality, but I think it's just what I saw, like in the movies and what I was told. I mean, my older sister, you know, I went to her school sometimes on the weekends before I started college, and I just was like, "Wow, this is so much fun! Like, I want to be like this." So, um, I calmed down. Really, I mean, I guess once I got into my thirties, I'm 32 now, um, but you know, I still didn't like the, like what my habits were. And, you know, on my sobriety dates, like October 3rd, you know, like Lindsay Lohan. Oh my <laughs> like God, mean a Mean Girls date. That's, I love that silver date for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's October 3rd. Um, and like, literally, if anyone's going to ask me that, like moving forward, I'm just going to be like, it's October 3rd. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, that's not why I chose. I just, it's happened to be that day. Um, and so, I mean, I took off. I mean, I was actually sitting in a park 
um, I had, I guess, Sunday fun day. And the next day, I just kind of sat in a park and contemplated life and what I wanted to be. And I said, I don't want to look back on my 30s, you know, saying all I did was just, you know, do drugs or drink on the weekend and not really get what I wanted out of life. And, um, you know, I entered treatment, I entered rehab and, um, I did that for maybe two weeks and, you know, I arrived sober. I didn't go like most people do. And that was an interesting experience to be around. Um, I mean, a little bit scary to say the least. Um, but you know, I did it as part of their program, part of that step process that you go through. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, I attended about like five groups a day, um, all day and every day, including the weekend, um, I didn't have any connection technology, um, during this time, really. Um, oh, and then wow. like after that, we, or I, you know, was making like an aftercare plan. So I know I've been, I went to a outpatient, um, center here in Boston. And so, you know, I am in like, I'm living like in a house in Boston, um, like renting, um, a room and, you know, I spend about, I guess, four and a half hours and like group therapy and individual um, therapy <laughs> from Monday through Friday. And then I do work on top of this. So, but my, my work is aware of this. And so I, um, I'm just like so thankful. Cause you know, I think there's such a, like there's a misconception or not a misconception. It's more of like a, um, a stigma of people who have to do this, have to like cancel their life. And then when you do, you have to change, you're changing your entire life pretty much. Cause what you've been doing for X amount of years is not what you're doing anymore. All of a sudden, um, and I like to think that I took care of my mental health part for the most part. Um, there's just a lot of things I just wasn't being honest with, with myself with. Um, and so when he added that equation with, um, like the substance usage, usage, excuse me, um, I just, you know, wanted to take that out. And then, so, I mean, I know I'm really early in my recovery, but, you know, I, I have to say, you know, going into like 70 days almost, I am like a completely different like, person in terms of how I think and how I look at life. Um, I'm still the same person, like personality wise, like, you know, I'm not different. I mean, I'm just making better right. decisions and, you know, I'm able to see things differently. Right. So um, sometimes that is hard to see things differently. But, you know, I know everyone approaches recovery differently. And I definitely have. I mean, I'm not a big advocate for like the 12 steps or by any means. Um, and I've been using different avenues in terms of like, you know, um not using traditional care, like 12 steps, I'm using like smart care. So there's different things out there that people yeah. can explore. And that's something um, that I'm so like glad I did because it, I mean, I think I pondered that thought a few times before and I kept putting it off. But, and I'm not saying like, I'm not going to ever drink again. I don't want to put that pressure on myself, but I think for now I'm just in a great like space and place. And then, I just want to see, you know, what the year brings. And so um, I'm just like, you know, I never thought I'd be even saying this and sharing this with you, uh, let alone a group of strangers that I met like, a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think it's really, I mean, it is scary. I'm not going to say it's easy because it's recovery is not supposed to be easy because um, there's definitely times where I'll go into like I <laughs> start a day. I'll be like, yeah, it's going to be great. And then like you leave like upset and like I know and then you're totally emotionally drained rest of the day. But, oh, I'm um, sure. I mean, therapy is very emotionally draining. And to be in therapy for so many hours at a time is like, it's like boot camp for your brain. Yeah. And like to, to 
I remember like, when I first started getting back into work, I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? And so, right. um, but I do, like, I get when I'm able to get done, done, and I'm still, like, I'm not falling behind. But, man, yeah, it is not something, um, had I had to, I mean, I'm a, I'm a consultant, so I don't have as many enhanced benefits as, like, you know, a full-time permanent person would. Um, at least not right now, but because I had to start a job where like I was only eight months in so like after being somewhere else for like, you know, a year and a half. But, um, I just took it just because, you know, it was a better opportunity anyway. But what I'm saying is, you know, I know some people that find it hard to balance like their, you know, their work and life and, you know, it's, it's daunting, but, um, if going to where I am now, when I started, I think it's, it was totally worth it. So, that's amazing. Matt, I'm so proud of you. That is, <laughs> honestly, that's such an accomplishment. And thank you for sharing that with me and yeah. with the audience. I just think there are so many lessons to be learned just about taking stock of where you're at in life and how you're spending your time and whether or not the choices you're making are serving you, you know, whether it be with drugs and alcohol or anything else, relationships, you know, I think it's, such an important thing to do that level of self reflection and it's very brave so kudos to you as Ramona would say <laughs> <laughs> kudos to you kudos to you so doing a pretty hard pivot <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was um, we were just chatting uh, before I started recording that we had both watched the first episode of The Real Housewives of Miami season five. And I am so excited about this. I wasn't planning on talking to you about it, but got to get your thoughts. Like, what was your reaction to seeing these women on screen again? Oh, I was so happy. I mean, I saw, you know, some clips here and there from BravoCon. And, you know, of course, I was having FOMO because I wasn't there. Um, Same. And so, (laughs) and like, you know, it wasn't like a clear, you know, posting because it's people's or, you know, you know, I guess content creators, you know, videos and whatnot. But then I know Peacock released it and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, but I was just, you know, like I said, so happy to see these women again. I think they're just fantastic. And I honestly, I'm going to, I did not watch it really before it went off of Bravo. Um, and I think the hiatus that they've had was like maybe what, five years, I think, right? Or it was, was like it a little bit shorter eight, than eight? I think it, was, oh, it wow. was a really long time. And I'm just shocked that a number of them remained friends with one another, which, really is telling because that's what we want to see. We want to see authentic friendships. And then the new people they brought in were amazing. I mean, I think Nicole and Gertie and Kiki, I mean, it's just, I love them. I love them. Yeah. And I love that you said that because there's not a lot of like authenticity on some of these shows. I mean, I mean, I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. (laughs) And I think it's, Helen, like you said, you know, to see these women who, you know, maybe if they weren't talking to each other every day, they kind of picked right back up. I mean, you saw that in the last season when they re-premiered the show and they all were meeting. Um, I guess it was out to lunch and they're all kind of like, oh, hey, how 
like, oh my god, like, she looks so different, like so good, and like you know, <laughs> the, the casual yeah. shaded reads, you know. Um, but you can, and that's what I love about the show. Like they just, you know, you can tell that they're close, and you can tell that they can like fight, like you know, verbally and like get so upset with each other. But at the end of the day, they're such close friends over twelve years or so. I feel like some of them are, and um, they truly do care about each other. So I don't think it's more of like. Oh, I'm not talking to her anymore. <laughs> like, right. I'm done. <laughs> and then they bring in, so Adriana, you know, was on the first three seasons of Miami and now she's a friend of, but her friend Julia was brought in. So I love the people who are brought in. And it's nice because I feel like we have a couple like housewives archetypes. And, you know, on every franchise, there's like the voice of reason, there's the, you know, like all these different types of housewives and i've never seen a type of housewife like julia and i am here for it i Me? i love her <laughs> she's so interesting like i mean she's not like she's not love i mean she is lavish right but she's not like she doesn't care to get her hands dirty like she's almost like um i mean she's not she's not, she's not katie ross by any means but <laughs> she's Right. Yeah, she she she'll say I milk goats. I milk goats. Right. And then she's married to probably the most famous person on the show. Martina, I mean like Martina is more famous than Larsa Pippen than like you say her name to anyone in the world and like the chances that they will know who she is are quite high. I mean, one of the world superstars in tennis. I mean, absolutely amazing to have to just see her casually like eating lunch. My friend here. Oh, sorry, my wife. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> what on earth? It's so crazy. Now, I loved the drama on the first episode, which primarily was around Lisa Hochstein repeating some sort of joke about <laughs> what Larsa's new condo Apartment, building yeah. is like known for and it wasn't like funny and it was kind of weird and then Larsa got upset and like went after Lisa and was like well you and Lenny rent your home out or you rent your backyard out because you need to pay your mortgage and how like oh is it so bad to have a mortgage, mortgage. I, and and you know, Larsa was kind of being like, I did this all on my own, like with her own money, not from a man. And I'm glad that she has this sort of newfound independence. But she mm-hmm. was exactly like Lisa not too long ago. So the level of judgment feels ooh, to me. No, I agree. I mean, I mean, I think what Elisa said, like, it's OnlyFans, or um, I think when she got there, and Lars was like, oh, yeah, welcome to the hood. <laughs> and she was like, what? What? Larsa, what? Like, um, you know, it's just like, cut right to the chase, Larsa. You know, I mean, she doesn't hold back. I think we know that. that. Um, and I think in terms of, you know, yeah, I mean, her like her wealth is, I mean, I would say most of it's from her ex-husband, right? Right. And, um, I mean... And I'm the name sure. of her ex-husband, like she kept his name. Yeah, I mean, it was her name for God knows how many years, Pippin. But right. everyone knows that last name in this country. Yeah, and she, I mean, I want, I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. I mean, her OnlyFans, I don't know. Uh, like, like, I mean, I would say maybe even some of that 
you know, help generate some of this like income that she's able to support oh, herself. Is that I, a far fetched thing? Or no, I believe that's how she paid for it. The okay, condo. Yeah. I if it's her own money, it's probably like Instagram deals, and because you can make a lot of money if you have like you know millions of followers, and <laughs> and definitely OnlyFans. Oh, I think for sure. Yeah, because she said, I didn't use any money for my divorce. I was like, oh, okay. So then it definitely has to be from something that's new, right? I don't think it's... <laughs> well, otherwise she would have I said also the- believe that she got some money when they sold their homes. Like if they split uh, it 50-50. Yeah. So that's not necessarily from the divorce. But was that money you... Like, did she buy those homes with her money? Granted, when you're married... It's communal money. I I believe that. It's not like, oh, your money and my money. You know, and I think, you know, she raised four kids. Like, I'm I'm not judging. I believe she's owed everything that she got in that divorce. No, I agree. I just don't appreciate how she's looking down at Lisa. Because Lisa's in a rough situation. And anyone that even watched last season can tell that some things are off in her marriage. And she's being very performative and... Oh my god, I nearly died at the scene where she was making borscht with her mother-in-law. First of all, you can tell that she like isn't comfortable in the kitchen. <laughs> like, no, which she is does not like to cook. <laughs> fine, but like when she was like putting like pre-cut carrots into the borscht, I was like, "Oh, girl, no." Like I make borscht. Like you <laughs> Like, if you're going to do it, get fresh carrots, cut them yourself. Like, you know, it's it's a whole thing. And then as soon as Lenny got the bowl of borscht and was like, I'm going to need more salt. And then and I go and sour cream. And then he's like, and sour cream. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Fun fact, Lenny is the only Bravo celebrity I have ever reached out to to do an interview on my podcast. And unfortunately, uh, the scandal broke two days after I had messaged him. So I never heard back. But the reason I wanted to reach out to him was because I believe his family came to the U.S. the same year that my dad's family came to the U.S., both from the Soviet Union, Jewish. Um, I know, I believe they spent time in Italy before they were processed and got to the U.S. as refugees. And I find these stories very fascinating and wanted to hear that story. Uh, But it seems he uh, is a shit guy so <laughs> maybe i dodged a bullet apparently so <laughs> <laughs> well i have a hot take on larsa and this is going to be controversial huh? i i i'm not sure what other word i would use to describe her but she's i believe currently dating or was dating michael jordan's son who she knew as a child Like, she was an adult, and he was a child. And now they have a romantic relationship. And if the roles were reversed, and it was a guy who befriended a child, and then later dated them, I would use the term groomer, right? It's, it's really inappropriate to take a adult child, not like relationship, but person you knew growing up, and then become romantically involved with them, that is, 
I think, while not illegal, I'd consider it very unsavory. Yeah, no, I think it's it's very weird to say the least. I don't. I mean, I thankfully never been in that situation. <laughs> I never I will know. be. But, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, you see that more often now, like with people dating younger. But I mean, I don't. I would never expect somebody to go be romantically involved with someone that they knew as like a little kid. That's it. It's this. not that she's going younger. If it was a different twenty-three year old, fine. Yeah, exactly. That's it's fine. Someone but not she someone knew, you knew well like in diapers or whatever. Yes, you know, so yes. all those preschool. Like that's weird. It's like how could so you not weird. do that? I don't feel like people are talking about it enough. You know, if a guy did it and it was a young girl that people would say things. And I feel like Larsa just gets away with it. Isn't, um, isn't the band member Adam Levine doing that right now with someone who's super young or was that, um, there was a a male celebrity recently that's like dating some, um, or maybe getting married to some really young, like 24, four-year-old i want to say that they knew when when the i don't know if they i don't know if they knew them but they happened to be like super young obviously and everyone's like that's super gross um yeah i don't i'm not like knocking age differences like it's all legal whatever but the the knowing as a kid is a very it's it's a line i wouldn't cross i think it's creepy it's like someone that i babysat when i was like in college or something and now yeah, I'm hooking like, up with them. Like that is uh, that makes me disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, um, well, I thought Miami was great and I can't wait for what's to come. I find it to be actually of all of the housewives, the most aspirational, like looking at their homes and their clothes and their lifestyles it looks nicer even than Beverly Hills to me. I think it's almost more, well, maybe it's because it's the area it is in. Um, I like, I mean, I'm obsessed with Nicole's house. Um, oh my and God, her, I know. And like, and her cars, like her husband, I was like, when they were showing all those cars, I was like, each of these cars are like at least maybe four. Like, I remember many cars they had, that's how many houses they could own like individually right <laughs> like, and they can be different sizes too i was like holy shit <laughs> like, like oh my god like i would like i mean she's a doctor and he's an attorney is that correct like he's an attorney. yes like, he but was- like doctors and attorneys don't make that kind of money like he must be uh, top From money, of the or- line attorney uh, something unusual is it going to be like a Erica Girardi situation? I'm just <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, you always no, wonder, yeah. right? When you see that level of wealth. Yeah, because like, is it true wealth? I mean, I think I sometimes know. I'll see even on TikTok when people will like, you know, I don't know if they're Googling like the housewives is worth, but they did one for Beverly Hills recently. And they said like, um, I think uh, Richard's only worth like 10 million or it actually might have only been two. Um, I was, I was kind of surprised. Kyle Look at her real estate alone is worth, like, Kyle has money. Her and Mauricio yeah, are married, and he has money, too. <laughs> like, but it is it is fun <laughs> to watch people be happy in their money, and Nicole seems, like, happy yeah. in her money, if that makes sense. And Alexia seems, like, happy in the amount of wealth that she is around. And it's it's more fun. It's not like as sad and tragic as Beverly Hills feels. 
No, I agree. I think they're they all seem genuinely happy and like they're. I mean, I minus you know some obvious things that we just talked about like Lisa, um, but I mean, but otherwise, generally speaking, they're happy individuals. Like they're happy with their lives, and their money is not something that like is you know taxing on them. Right. Um, shall we move on over to Potomac? Yes, we shall. So you were originally from the DMV area. So you, like me, kind of know where these women are from and yeah. like where they live and what they do. And oh man, it's so it's so fun. Um, there was a lot <laughs> that happened this episode and then they hit us with the absolutely explosive mid-season trailer. Um what do you think about Jacqueline and Mia's relationship? And what do you foresee breaks them apart? Um, I see. Oh, gosh. Okay. So I don't think they're a their relationship is really genuine. At the, well, I think it's two sided. I think it's um, ungenuine for the cameras. And then it's going to be more genuine off camera. Um, I get the feeling that they're trying harder to create ratings. Um, for this uh-huh. show, I hate to say that for Potomac, but I get the feeling like you know, especially with like some of the things that they say, like like um like when she, um, when Jacqueline was coming after um coming after Candace and you know like telling like um the whole representative comment and you know trying to get her going, I just felt like that wasn't a true fight. I mean, or true argument, I guess. I mean, I definitely screamed a lot. You know, I was like. Argh. Like all these like fear, like you know, crazy things, and the editors do a top-notch job with these, um, you know, transitions, and then you know, just like the effects that they do. I just bravo to them because um, it's really great. <laughs> but so I don't. Fun. I mean, but I think for the cameras, they don't have a real relationship. I mean, I think Jacqueline and Mia have been friends for a very long time. It's pretty evident that they have been. I'm um, just based off what they said i mean i do think it's creepy that you know i think that mia's ex uh, that jacqueline slept with him um i don't really get that just for you know seeing how the sex was i don't know that's like, so bizarre it's very bizarre i was like i was like thinking to myself like who i don't know any other people or really anyone in this universe so far besides those two that you know would do something like that yeah and that always comes back like there's always going to be undertones of it. And it seems like in the midseason trailer that Mia accuses Jacqueline of like sleeping with G. I don't know. It's, it's kind of a mess. Okay. Got another question. Candace historically has been called out by a lot of the audience for body shaming and, you know, being quite mean in her confessionals. But this year people seem to be really enjoying them. Um, in this episode alone, in the first five minutes, she called Ashley Forehead. She called Giselle Dusty Vagina. She talked about rolling hills of neck. And granted, I laughed. But what I do you too. think <laughs> shifted in how people perceive Candace? Because, you know, people would have said when they when she called Ashley like wide bodied while pregnant or something, people were like, oh, like, up in arms. Oh, yeah. She was quite. Like, really, really rude, I think, you know, like, especially from those tweets. Like, like, where's your income, Roach? Blah, 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 oh, blah. horrible. And, like, yeah. all these horrible comments to Ashley. Um, but I would say, I mean, 
I think when they talked about like the wrinkles and they showed Giselle, I think that was kind of messed up. Uh, like, um, or the rolling necks. I mean, sorry. Um, like the editors definitely were, you know, trying to play along with what Candace was, you know, talking about, you know, in terms of the effect for the wow factor. Like, oh wow, like know. they're like she's really talking about her and her appearance. Here we go. But I do, I will say, there's another part of me that you know I do agree with what a lot of Candace is saying outside of those comments because. I mean, who I, I truly believe that Giselle and Ashley are trying to grasp at straws in terms of making something out of nothing. Hundred um, like percent. What's that saying? Like, kind of making a mountain over molehill. That, oh, that I think you hit the nail on the head <laughs> because people agree with what Candace is saying in her position. They are no longer pissed about the kind of comments she makes, whether it be about Mia's feet or rolling hills of neck. Now. I really hope that Giselle has enough confidence in herself about how gorgeous she is. And I right. also believe that this is the most physically attractive franchise. I mean, I I think they are all beautiful. Um, but I really hope she doesn't get like a neck lift or anything. Like her, she is perfect as she is. That like she, you know, I I hope that doesn't create an insecurity for her because we've seen it happen on all these other housewives where people joke about someone's teeth and then you see they like get veneers and it's just a lot of times very unnecessary. No, I agree, and um, they all are like. like I remember, did I even tell you this? I had brunch with um, Robin and um, like Ashley at um, level one and level one Cobalt. <laughs> I loved level one. I'm RIP. That was <laughs> RIP. my favorite place to go. Fun Disco brunch. Um, like drag brunch on a Saturday morning. Um, this is probably, I guess, after the, like maybe right after the second season was wrapping up, I want to say. Um, I think, I mean, it was, I was really drunken brunch, but I think when I remember, I um, took a lot of photos with Katie and like we were posing. I don't know if I remember like those pictures of pictures of the presidents they had along the wall um, <laughs> downstairs, like the cartoonized, I think they were. Um, so but yeah, no, they were there separately eating and you were there separately eating. And then. No, we're all eating together. Like we're all we're eating together. What? Wait, so how did you. Like, did you know them or did your friends know so, them? So, so uh, I had a former friend of mine who knew them um, and like I had or had a friend who knew them. And so then we all like, kind of coordinated or they coordinated in between us to come do that. Um, it's like to do like a, a brunch day or drag brunch. And I think, um, you know, I met like it was just I met Ashley and then I met um Met uh, met Katie, and then you know, um, uh, what's his face? Michael came later, and then you know, I, we did shots. We did Corona. Wait, like, like, you did shots with Michael Darby. Yes, we did fireball <laughs> shots. <laughs> I mean, it was a very, <laughs> it was a very fast thing. I was like, you know what? I'm trying to buy a shot. Like, you know, like we went upstairs after brunch was over. Um, we probably didn't need any more, but you know, <laughs> it's just like okay, you know, I could say that I've taken shots of Ashley and Michael. Um, and um, truth be told, you know, I caught Ashley on the, the guest list sometimes for town whenever they would request because I used to work outside on the patio there. So, haha, I um, love town. <laughs> RIP. RIP. <laughs> it's like. Uh, uh, they used to. My favorite was they used to have these WTF parties. Yeah, do you remember those? Oh, yeah. Where like, yeah, I do. It was just like the most random stuff, and there'd be like someone dressed as a hot dog, like in the middle of the <laughs> dance floor, and just like very 
bizarre. And I couldn't tell if it was catered to people who were using psychedelics or if it was just like everyone's in on the joke. But it was very bizarre and I loved it. Yeah, I, I miss I did miss it a lot. I know they were working on like a um, like a kind of not like a revamped version, but like I guess a um, something like a you know a second mm-hmm. location. But I don't really know what came of it. But you know that's just my fun fact that I remember when it um, like it was obviously when the first show like was coming on air. And I don't think it was as popular as it is now. Oh um, yeah, I mean the first few seasons, it takes a while for people to start watching, but. Was Robin there also? I don't think so. I think there was Katie and Ashley. It was Katie, Ashley, maybe Giselle. um, Oh my god, Matt! I mean, there was. (laughs) I I think there was more people that had first to come, but I mean, honestly, I'm like, I used to have pictures from it. I think I might have sent some to a couple people that are like, you know, Bravo fanatics as well. But I have to like really dig um, because I'm where I remember I wore like a plaid like ralph lauren like button-up shirt and like my hair was just like super kind of long and like i just i thought i looked a lot better than i did let's just say that so (laughs) (laughs) i'm sure you looked fantastic oh my god Um, i cannot believe you have taken shots with uh, michael darby that is that is a story that is a story (laughs) (laughs) um so in terms of other things that happened this episode, you know, Candace, well, okay, Candace is questioning whether or not Ashley's divorce is real. And what, I mean, you've seen Ashley and Michael in person together. You've saw their dynamic. You're watching the show now. You're seeing what she's saying. Do you believe their divorce is real? I mean, I do believe it's real. I mean, I got more of like a, you know, interaction out of Ashley than I did with Michael. He seemed very private. Um, and I think that's kind of shown in the, like, I guess, the, like, the, like, the probably, I don't know, was it season, was it two seasons ago when they were in the restaurant? Um, and he was like, stop the cameras or something. You know, we've shared enough. Um, and so, like, I just think that's indication he likes to be private. But, I mean, I do think it's real. I don't think there's any, I mean, I do think it's weird that they want to, they create have like an LLC attached to the house that they purchase, or I guess Ashley is going. Excuse me, that 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 Ashley is going to purchase. I mean, and I think that's for for the question the woman to ask. Um, I mean, I don't know if I would ever still be technically separated from somebody, you know, and still buying a house under an LLC that we've created together. Right. But then I think that. Um, and so I, I guess at this point in the season, we're seeing they wasn't maybe even created. I don't know if it actually even is. Is there a way to I even look that no up? No idea. <laughs> I, I mean, she should go through with the divorce. I think it. She has to wait till the spring because you have to be separated in Virginia for a year before you go right. through a divorce. Um, but hopefully they're able to work out the financial details and whatever money she gets in the divorce, she should use it to buy her own home in her own name. I think the neighborhood that she wants to be in in Northern Virginia, like with the kids and the amount of rooms she wants and stuff is is pricey. And she knows that Michael has more money than her. So she's mm-hmm. probably trying to figure out like, well, this would be a home for his kids that I'm raising so he should put money into it. But I think, you know, she should work out also child support and everything. And she should, yeah, I don't know. I think she should do it in her own name. I agree. And I think she should even, this is where we get to that, 
that part in the housewives lives where she creates her own brand, <laughs> like creates something that's going to make right. her even more richer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's really well liked. So I feel, I don't know. I believe it's also real because she's been dating Luke. I mean, I don't think they're exclusive or anything necessarily, but you know, they're spending the weekend in New York this weekend and they were going double dating with Lindsay and Carl and they've seen each other four or five times since BravoCon. Like, there's multiple friends I haven't even seen since the weekend of BravoCon. Like, (laughs) that live in my city. Like, that's a lot of effort to to date someone, you know, and I I believe it's real. Oh, I think so too. I think there's definitely divorce. I mean, I don't think she would be hanging out with Luke then if it wasn't and, and I think she has a good head on her shoulders in terms of she knows what she's doing um and then outside of that she knows how to stir the pot for sure but I do think yeah the divorce is real and I think it's just you know I think it's just that typical let's like start like a fire and try to get something going with Ashley mm-hmm. because uh, what actually is real I think what was what, what was real is that their marriage wasn't like they weren't happy I don't think even though marriage. she made it seem um, like they were. Yeah. No, I agree yeah, with that. Yeah. Um, well, she definitely likes to stir the pot. And she brought Wendy to dinner at Santorini. And that <laughs> caused quite, 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 the stir. A, quite the stir. Um, I thought it was really big of Wendy to talk about, you know, the role that she played in the, I guess, altercation that they had and take ownership for that because she was much less in the wrong than Mia. Uh, But for Mia to still hold on to that anger in real life, I get it. But in housewives world, the audience gets annoyed when you don't move forward. And I, I don't know. We'll see what Mia does the rest of the season, but I feel like she's going to not talk to Wendy the whole season. Yeah, I don't like. Especially, so she was like, "Was she apologizing to me?" Because that wasn't an apology. She was um, apologizing to. I know. She flat out was. said, "Like, what on I earth?" She apologized for, Mia for my. Reminds me of Jen Shaw. <laughs> um, in that she has multiple businesses. Like, yeah, we're like, where is the money coming from? And her expectations for friends and loyalty are very unusual and then she has Mm -hmm. people around her that like fall over themselves for her like Jacqueline being like well I think what Mia's trying to say it's like you don't need to be your mouthpiece you know and then watching all the women like fall over who's a better friend to Jen Shaw when Jen Shaw's like the worst friend I've ever seen in existence literally the worst literally like no one is backwards for her right (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, And then, you know, the big part of the episode where Robin's gone tech, she takes out a speaker and she plays the audio from Candace's Instagram Live where she, I guess, tells, says that everyone is disloyal and shady and all the other stuff. What did you think of the, I guess, ambush is how Candace put it? I don't think... I mean, I think the way Robin did it was dramatic and unnecessary. Um, but I, again, I think she was doing it for the show, like in terms of the delivery presentation. Yeah. Um, like, cause she easily could have done that off camera um, if she was looking at Instagram Live. But I mean, cause I'm so, like, I feel like Robin has changed this season and like she's definitely different in some way. 
Um, and I just can't put my finger on it. Like, I don't know if I still like like her or if, or if she like annoys me, but because I always thought she was like she had like, the funniest taglines to me. You know, like the shorter my hair, the shorter my patience. It's <laughs> like, oh my god, what does that even mean? But like, I know what it means. But just like, I guess just because it's coming from Robin. But um, I just, I mean, and. I mean, I guess, I mean, I probably wouldn't have played it in a public restaurant like that, but I definitely would have like, done it, like, once, probably in an Uber, and then have it, like, spread to the other Uber for whoever they were traveling in, um, <laughs> talk about it, but it is the Housewives, and it wouldn't be a Housewives show if they didn't, or if she didn't put it on a uh, Bluetooth speaker and have it <laughs> played for them, and, you know, if you're talking about this, and, and I guess, you know, when um, Ashley brought up to Karen about what Candace said what she actually did say this about her Karen like being going out of town with other men or other man. Um, well, was, think it was that in? Was she saying that in the context of this is why Sharice and her don't talk because Sharice claimed that, or was she saying she believed that that happened? I think I can't remember say that. Back. I think I think she might have heard it. Got um, it. But I don't think she said who. I mean, I could be wrong, but she definitely. Either way, she said it to Ashley, and then Ashley brought it up um, to Karen. Then what? Because you know, Bravo. If, if the producers have that footage, they're going to bring it and show. Oh, um, for sure. I mean, and, and Karen they definitely did. Looked so upset. I mean, she looked genuinely hurt. Um, but my my favorite part of it was, you know, when she's like mad and she's saying, unless you've got names, pictures, numbers, like I don't want to hear it. Like, <laughs> don't go after my institution. And then she's like. People love me. I stop and say hello. <laughs> it's just like I, I love Karen. I love Karen. It's so funny, and oh my god! And then when it starts pouring, and they all go to the club, and then Ashley does what Lisa Rinna, <laughs> Lisa Rinna should have, <laughs> right? But Lisa Rinna is not as good of a housewife as Ashley. She took out her phone and she started recording and oh my god it seems like everyone was having so much fun at the club i loved watching them let loose it seems like everyone has a few drinks and then they're okay but candace i think her anger got she it came back from dinner and she was drunk and she just laid into robin and it seemed so frustrating Right? Because I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But also, I'm so glad we as the audience got to see all of this. Because imagine if filming had ended at dinner, and then they pick up the next morning, and we missed all of the context. All right, and then all we heard was just based on she said, like... Exactly. Like, yeah, you know. And, I mean, I'm surprised... Ashley knew what... She understands the assignment. You know, she understands that, like, this is a show, and I have to deliver. And... Honey, she did it. <laughs> she recorded that conversation real quick. Um, and, you know, they were showing uh, Mia looking or talking to them on the phone. I think it was, was it Candace on the phone or was it Robin on the phone? Like, you know, because she was asking where they were, how far away they were. And we don't know where Karen is at this point. <laughs> oh, Karen was said, there. She's like, I'm still here. I <laughs> Oh, I didn't even hear her say that. I thought that, yeah, Karen's still at the club. <laughs> like, they left Karen behind. No. Um, but, I mean, I was like, I was kind of almost because the way they have they were recording Mia made it seem like they were using a phone also because you know how it's like a long like rectangle angle. 
At least yes. I thought it no, was. But. I feel like all of this was done on their iPhones. Yeah, like they like there was a, maybe a producer using their producer phone or something. I don't know, but whatever reason, this like you know, like you're saying, like we we didn't miss this context of you know the whole next like for the next episode or whatever. Um, in terms of this argument and this um, you know event that unfolded in the car, because now we know um, basically what was said thanks to Ashley. Oh my um, gosh! Thanks to Ashley. No behind, in my opinion. And then they show the mid-season trailer. <laughs> uh, we get a Jamal Bryant cameo. We have Uncle Lump telling Ashley she needs to get help mm-hmm. for still liking Michael. Very much appreciate that. We see it was like probably my favorite line from that trailer, just because he's like, "Come on, Ashley." I yeah. know. Get away from that man. <laughs> get away get away i just love like his distaste for michael darby because i think we all have a distaste for michael darby we do um we see more of a fallout between jacqueline and mia karen and sharice like there's allegedly this big fight um or it's it, it would appear to look like a, a fight you know there karen gets up and says like don't you dare talk about me um or was it my mother I think she was. She's like better parents. I thought. I have no idea, but she was. She was mad. She was mad. mad, She was like raged, enraged, mad. Love when Karen gets mad. (laughs) We see Ray trying to actually get Chris to apologize to Giselle. Yeah, that wasn't on my bingo card, and it was like, oh. I think everyone wants everyone to move forward, but Chris was, you know, wronged by them, and I think they should apologize to him for trying to make it seem like he's some sort of predator. Yeah, I definitely don't think he is at all. I think, like like I said in the beginning, he's Giselle is grabbing, grasping for straws to, you know, I don't think Chris gives up that vibe of anything Michael Darby does. I hate, I hate to say that, but Candace is right. Michael is an ass-grabbing, creepy dude. Totally, totally. And they go on, would you know where they go on their cast trip? For this season? I don't know. Was It, it looked they- beautiful, but no idea where they were yeah i don't know either i didn't look into that oh wait i took down in my notes sharice says at one point that karen was fucking the help in the bathroom oh yes yeah yeah. yeah. that's it (laughs) oh my god oh my god (laughs) what what on earth and also like it's so cringy when people say the help like so so cringy to me i agree it's like when um because Ramona said that, um, you know, during the pandemic season of Roni and um, Leah was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and, um, you know, obviously, we all know Ramona is quite controversial. And, um, and unfortunately, in some ways, she's very cringe. But um, to see Cherie say it, it's like, girl, like, don't I'm cosplay so- as like some entitled rich white woman. Like, you don't need to do that. You're better than that. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, um, you try so hard to be oh, better so than annoying. She, I mean, like, she's like, she seems very well off and, you know, she has like a nice house. I think she's in the same house still. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, all, like, she's especially super Cherie, rich. She, she cares about wealth, you can tell. And she wants to be in that high society, it seems like. You can do that without being an asshole and calling people exactly. to help. Like, yeah. And, I don't know why. Like, what were you thinking when that 
like I don't know. Some, maybe she didn't think before she talked. I don't know, but I would never like I would tell my friend never to say that. Like, that's be like, like the don't most use that term. deaf thing to say. I love that we're focusing on the word the help and not that like Karen was like fucking, fucking in, the someone in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, and then finally, Karen shares that Juan has another woman who is blonde, blonde and looks woman. like her. <laughs> so basically, everyone's accusing everyone else of cheating. <laughs> that never happens in the housewives. <laughs> it's like so stupid. Oh, my God. Um, you ready to move on to Salt Lake? Um, sure. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I have not watched the whole episode. Oh, recently, that's fair. So, okay. Um, so you probably know more than me. So... There's so much stupid drama, but basically everyone is falling over themselves to prove that they're the best friend to Jen Shaw. And Jen Shaw is behaving horribly. Like they're on a yacht. She throws a charcuterie board overboard. She throws another woman's like $1,500 shoes into the ocean and then lies about it. She's like, no one threw your shoes overboard. Is that when Lisa Barlow says, oh, my YSL shoes, like, very yes. limited edition, and, like, hope she better not fucking throw them in the ocean. Like, I mean, I'd be pissed too, girl. Like, hell no. Do not throw my, like, I don't know, $1,600 shoes into the ocean. Or maybe they're probably more than that. But, right. And it's like, <laughs> I Angie would never. Kay and Heather at this Polynesian luau are basically arguing over who's a better friend to Jen. And Dana is pointing out that she doesn't like the way Jen treats other people. And I thank God for Dana, because I feel like no one's pointing out the obvious, that Jen is a liar, and she is a narcissist, and she treats people so bad, and she's so used to treating people poorly that she forgets how, like... She was literally shoved Lisa Barlow earlier in the in, in the day. And then at dinner, Lisa's like, well, you came after me today. I don't like how you came after me. And she's like, when did I come after you? Like, what on earth? Like, and if you're drinking too much that you can't remember physically, like, shoving? I don't know. I really can't stand Jen Shaw as a person and... More annoying than Jen Shaw is watching Heather and some of the others fall all over themselves to like be in her good graces. It's, I mean, knowing that, knowing what we know now, I, yeah, I felt the same way in terms of how could somebody, you know, who profusely claims that they're innocent and like, you know, says like, I would never like, it's insane that they would treat me like this. It's so wrong for me and my family. How they're going to be affected. And it's like, then you just say, I'm pleading guilty because I did, I did do that. Yes. And just like, what kind of, like, that just shows how delusional you are. And well, obviously a liar, but you know, I just like, I mean, she tried so hard to get these women to be on her side. The fact that, like, she actually was behind this, you know, I'm just like, that's not a well person in my mind, you know? I mean, I think there's even, like, there's that documentary where all the staff would say, like, she would scream at them, you know? Right? right? I think, like, they would, like, she would at them. I'd be like, oh my God. Um, For me, it's, like, even if, let's say, she didn't, wasn't involved in anything illegal, right? Even if none of that mm-hmm. stuff ever happened, she still is 
such a monster to the people around her and no one ever points it out. And I don't know if we've ever seen that kind of behavior, I guess, on Housewives. I could be wrong. I mean, a little bit with Erica, but then you've got at least Sutton or Crystal pointing out, like, this isn't normal, guys, right? This kind of behavior is is shit. But, you know, Ramona would behave poorly and they would all call her out for it. it it's... But then they would also, you know, excuse, oh, it's just Ramona. But but with Jen, I feel like no one until Dana came on will actually come out and be like, this is not okay. Her behavior is unacceptable. No, it, and it definitely is. So, I mean, it, I mean, it's funny how I think Meredith maybe tried to do this, but she's more, I think, on the less confrontational side of things. And so she doesn't want to deal with that. I mean, and I think it's fair for her to do so because, you know, she was you know, engaging with users on Twitter about her son. So, I mean, I, I think she's in every right to kind of be held back against Jen, but also, like, you know, she it did seem like she was kind of quick to, you know, not, I don't want to say forgive, but, you know, to kind of let her back in. No, she was. And I judge, that's the number reason I judge Meredith. It's like, you were right about Jen Shaw, and then, what, you're gonna, like, be okay with everything she does and then now start excusing her behavior? Like, what on earth is, like, you're going after Lisa Barlow nonstop for her hot mic moment, which was terrible, but then giving Jen Shaw a pass for every single day, every single scene being horrible to someone. Like, how is that okay? Yeah, like, what is her evaluation process on that? (laughs) This seems less bad today than... Or but not today, but you know what I mean. They've picked sides. They've she's decided I'm going to be on Heather and Jen Shaw's side this season, and it's I don't know. I don't. I mean, so, so like I mean, so this is I have a question. I mean, what do you what what is your take on Heather now? I feel like I, I see here. I mean, I'm still like a Heather stan, I would say, but a lot. I mean, based on what Whitney's trying to say, like she's lying, and you know she. She's like really not a good like friend. I mean, what are your thoughts on Heather in this season so far? I think she has been putting on a show for us about how funny and charming she is, but there is so much anger underneath that she's been hiding, and it comes out at the reunions when she is the first season one reunion. She was so harsh towards Lisa Barlow in a way that like didn't fully make sense to me as an audience member. Like, I think there's something deeply wrong with Heather. (laughs) Deeply wrong with Heather. (laughs) Deeply wrong. To be able to excuse the behavior of Jen Shaw, but not let go of your hatred for Lisa Barlow, when arguably Jen's behavior is always worse. It, yeah, if not ten times worse than you know what, like Lisa Barlow's behavior is probably just like you know so middle school, <laughs> like compared to Jen Shaw's behavior, which, um, yeah, no, I was just because I I I agree with you in terms of what like you know Heather is. I feel like there's she's not showing her true authentic self on camera. Exactly, um, being a people pleaser, as we say. <laughs> but I think it's more, it's more than that, like. 
I think she's not just being a people pleaser because that's her personality. I think she has curated a character that she thinks everyone will like, which is an element Mm. of her personality, but not the whole thing. And she's been trying to hide the dark parts of her personality from us. And they're all coming out now. And she's been caught in so many, like, not just lies, but just like, She'll say things about Jen Shaw that make a whole lot of sense. Like, she doesn't consider me when she has friendships, but I have to consider her and all my friendships. But then when it comes time to actually tell Jen that, she always caves. You know, and she's just much more bold. And I don't know. And I can't figure out... Did she just really want to be the audience favorite and behave a certain way to be the favorite? But now her house of cards is crumbling or did we just not see this side of her, but it was always there. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, I think it might be both. I mean, I think that, I mean, I mean, I'm saying like both are happening. Um, like, and not maybe at the same time, but they're like, they're starting to like unfold maybe in different progressions throughout the season. Yeah. I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in her and Salt Lake is getting kind of tiring to me. It's just like everyone's mad and angry all the time. I can't really see many authentic friendships between them. It feels like calculated alliances. Whereas like Miami, you you see there's real love there between the women. Between like certain women, like Adriana and Julia, between Marisol and Alexia. Like you see, and I think even between Larsa and Lisa, despite them arguing, like there is a deep seated love between them. And I don't feel that when I watch Salt Lake. It all feels phony. It's almost like it's almost like forced fun, you know, and they forced hangout like time because of the show. And I mean, I hate I mean, I do miss Mary Cosby. I do. Oh, I do too. I do. She bought something to the show, it, like a nice little spice and everything nice. Um, <laughs> I, and I think, you know, that took a big chunk of, you know, the entertainment out of the show. And because, I mean, as crazy as she was, well, I say crazy, I mean like nutty. Like she was yeah, nutty, she was but, like kooky. Yeah, at that that kookiness really just brought them together in a sense. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, when Jen Shaw's... Um, you know, like all like her, like the whole, I guess, case unfolded, like the whole, you know, the news of it, I guess, more so, you know, that kind of um, made that group crumble a little bit because, you know, you know, Mary would, Mary would make these comments that are really offensive, um, like the Mexican cartel or the thugs and, you know, just, you know, very, very like just not appropriate and not respectful um, but thing. How but, is that different from the kind of language Ramona has used? It's not different, and I don't know why people excuse Ramona hope. all the time. Yeah, I think it's like I'm not into like oh when people make mistakes with language or when they show certain parts of themselves that are not like the best, like Cherie saying the help. Like I'm not for oh cancel them, let's get them off the show. There, you know, it's like these are real humans and they are flawed, and I think it's okay to bring up to Mary why it was hurtful that she said certain things. But I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a ton of stuff that they have said about her that is equally hurtful. And then to go after yeah. her 
for being some sort of cult leader, which I actually think she is. <laughs> but, <laughs> Me, as I mean, if, <laughs> but as if that's like somehow worse than what Jen Shaw yeah, was accused of doing. Yeah. That's what's weird to me. And it's kind of ironic in the sense, too, because, you know, it's totally different comparisons here, you know, in terms of what, like, I mean, I'm not saying cult are not as bad as, like, you know, defrauding the elderly, but I mean, in terms of what we know about marriage church versus what we know about Jen. Um, yeah, and, it, it, there's not enough fact there, right? I, I yeah. just have a hunch that something is off based on how I watched her parishioners treat her. That was very weird to me. And maybe it's because in my religion, we don't treat um, the clergy as if they're like God or close to God. They're just clergy, right? You treat them with right, respect, yeah. but they're not better than humans. Yeah. Like, and so that was kind of weird to me. And it felt, you know, and then you hear these stories, but, and some individual stories of people that I do believe, right, were very poor and made to give more money to the church that they didn't have to give away. But that's nothing, nothing compared to a federal indictment <laughs> being the head, the ringleader oh, of FBI. a like multi-state fraud ring to scam the elderly. Like how everyone went after Mary as if that was the bigger scandal and thought the audience would go along with it. That was weird. Yeah, I did. no, I completely agree. I don't understand how, like, you know, just, I mean, I guess it, I mean, I guess it is interesting just how to, to see that how it worked, but that's also interesting. That's how we think some people are because of, or I mean, how they reacted to that. So, yeah, it gave us a glimpse into what the season would be where they just, oh, we're just going to blindly believe Jen. I I knew from the get go she was guilty. And I would have assumed she was guilty even if she went to trial and still maintained innocence. Like, they had enough on her for me to be like, as a viewer, they've got enough dirt on you. You're using these, like, encrypted apps. You have money and you can't explain where it came from. You know, it, it's it's not just shady business dealing. It's illegal. And she thinks she's above the law. She thinks she's above everything. She thinks she's a special exception, and the fact that she's been able to push out these dates—I mean, I mean, I mean, I've been in trouble with the law before, but I mean, not to—I mean, I never haven't done what Jen's done, and not like a <laughs> criminal like that or anything like that. I mean, most of my crimes, or I guess not really crimes, but incidents I've been when I was drunk. But I mean, in the sense of like you know how like they they they—it wasn't a staged event, but they literally came to where they. They like where they were, and they wouldn't have have had informants that they didn't think that this was all, you know, true, and like and everything they had wasn't you know accurate. And I think she would have not changed her plead, or her plea had had they um not maybe showed her evidence that they I guess maybe didn't know that they had, you know, because otherwise she would have kept Sage's innocent, you know, and think yeah. that she was gonna get away with it. Ugh, so much narcissism. So much. <laughs> so much um, well, Matt, thank you so much for joining today and for talking all things housewives and for just being so vulnerable in the beginning of this podcast to share your experience um, entering sobriety. I think that will really help a lot of people. 
Um, tell everyone where they can find you. If there's anything you want to plug, go ahead. Yeah, the floor is yours. Well, yes. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I um, you're my first like podcast. Um, Yay! I've been on, so I'm so honored to be on here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I have listened to your other episodes, and um, I think this podcast is fantastic, especially just because of the variety of topics and. I appreciate you allowing me to share a little bit about me, um, you know, being vulnerable. It's something that we talk about, obviously, <laughs> in my daily groups. Haha. <laughs> um, so, but I think I've always been, you know, okay with being a little bit vulnerable, depending on what it was. Um, but, you know, you can find me on Instagram, Maddie K. Ellis. So, um, I am private, so you have to request me. I don't keep my account public these days anymore. Um, you know, I have to keep a tight lip on who I can trust anymore these days. I should, um, you know, those AI things. I, I feel like I've <laughs> seen those going around, but someone told me they're owned by the Russians and like, you know, they're going to record your, like take your information. So I was like, nope, not doing that. But yeah, so you can find me on Maddie K. Ellis. Um, I am, yeah, it's the only really app I really use. I don't have Twitter anymore. I don't have like Snapchat or um facebook but um i really appreciate you having me oh thanks so much matt for those kind words well we'll have to have you back another time and i i always appreciate um chatting with you and hearing your takes so thank you you're welcome thank you